TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, right back here on the Team 980 and, of course, the Odyssey app. And as we know, it's been a monumental week, as we've talked about throughout the week, really starting on Monday when news first leaked that something big was going on. We thought it was serious, and then, bam, Wednesday morning, we found out just how serious it is. And here to talk with us and share uh, some of the... Uh, issues and some of the challenges and some of the great positives of the new project that Monumental Sports and Entertainment, along with Alexandria and the Commonwealth of Virginia, announced on Wednesday morning is Mr. Jim Van Stone, the Monumental Sports and Entertainment President of Business Operations, Chief Commercial Officer, and all-around good dude. Jim, thank you very much for your time. I know it's been a crazy week. Have you gotten any sleep? You know what? It's certainly been a busy week on that end, Chris. Thanks, first off, for having me. I appreciate it. I love talking to you and everything from that standpoint. No, it's been a, a pretty you know, monumental week for us and a lot of great announcements and news and everything like that. I mean, we have a great framework together and a partnership with the Commonwealth, the city of Alexandria. So it's something that we're really excited about. And I think, you know, in time, it's a little bit of a runway for us. It's certainly, you know, several years out, but I, mm-hmm. I think we have the early makings of building a, a really unique complex for our sports and entertainment fans. So we're really excited about it. You know, uh, we'll get into the Virginia side of this because I'm a resident of Virginia. So this is great. You know, a, a great might be a stretch, but this is good for me um, in a lot of different ways. We'll, we'll get into that element. But I've been saying on the radio this week that this deal seems like it's in the red zone to use a football parlance term, uh, maybe even goal to go a hockey in the crease. You know, we, we, we've seen some great goals uh, that have been scored from in that blue colored area uh, in hoops, you know, down in the low post on the low block. Where would you say we are just a couple of days after this announcement? You know, I, I think what we did was uh, really create the first step. We took the first step and, and there's still certainly uh you know, a, a little bit of ways to go on this end. Uh, you know, we definitely have to get the support of the assembly in the state of Virginia. I think uh, the approval of the uh, city council in Alexandria, but we feel like it was a great launch and a great start and, you know, really great collaboration. I think, you know, we could have the opportunity of really uh, creating the best arena sports entertainment complex, I think, in the country, you know, but also at the same point in time, it's really important for us to, to keep Capital One Arena in the portfolio. I mean, you know, our drawing power really here in the greater DMV area is north of Baltimore, south of Richmond. So it's almost 8 million people and we get incredible support from the entire region for us. But you know, I think really the focus of this new opportunity, if it comes to fruition, is really, you know, elevating and changing the, the fan engagement, the fan experience. And 
you know, that's what we're really excited about. It, it is really a campus. It's not really just an arena. So, right. you know, we're excited about what the opportunities could bring. When did this become reality in your mind? I mean, I know there's been some reports and some rumors and, you know, um, I know it's been kind of a tough situation. Ted has been honest and open about, you know, some of the rent and issues around Capital One Arena and at Capital One Arena. When did Monumental start to think, hey, man, this could actually happen? You know, I, I think we've been really having conversations over the last couple of years. I mean, with all the jurisdictions in, in the greater Washington region. I mean, you know, at the same point in time, you know, we have invested a lot of money in Capital One Arena, really making it uh, truly a, a great arena from that standpoint. I mean, I think even this summer, you know, we've got a, a variety of different construction projects. We're building out a brand new broadcast studio. You know, we, we acquired the network, as you know, about a year or so mm -hmm. ago. And that really is to really create a great storytelling platform for our fans, our players, our teams. You know, we do have a large percentage of the marketplace that doesn't have the ability to see the games live, you know, so it's really been important for us. But, you know, I, I would say really the hot and heavy part of the conversations probably within the last 12 months, mm -hmm. you know, uh, really where it took place. But we're always looking at, you know, how can we improve uh, the overall engagement levels and experiences? So. Uh, but for the last couple of years, we've been having great conversations with all the jurisdictions. How, how much, Jim, did Virginia's desire to become the home of a prof at least one professional sports team? And now if this all goes through, they get two, uh, plus all the things that you also mentioned on the on the campus, the entertainment district, if you will, and and and, and the home of Monumental Sports Network. How much did Virginia's impetus to again, be the home of at least one professional sports team, I guess, grease the skids and help this thing along? You know, I, I think it's a, a couple of things. I mean, the Commonwealth is very innovative. I mean, they're very forward thinking in terms of, you know, creating op opportunities. I mean, they look at this as a, a really monumental opportunity for uh, the entire state of uh, Virginia from that standpoint. Really, you know, the partnership and, and, and partnership with the city of Alexandria is fantastic. I mean, uh, so I, I think it's a, a really unique opportunity for them. I think it's a, a big opportunity on, on their end. And they were very forward thinking. And, you know, I think one of the things that was really unique about this overall you know, process for us, you know, when you take a look at it as a whole, I mean, certainly a brand new state of the art arena. We're going to have a performance and music venue connected to it at six right. or 7,000 people. We're going to have a new Wizards training facility. We've got new corporate offices, esports facilities. So to have that type of land and opportunity with an innovative, forward thinking uh, partner in, in, in both the state and the city, it, it was fantastic for us. So, you know, I, I would say, uh, you know, it was probably a very big opportunity on their end. And I, I think we had a lot of collaboration through the conversations. Jim Van Stone with us, Monumental Sports and Entertainment President of Business Operations, uh, with us kindly here on the BetQL guest hotline on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right. So I, I want to get back to Virginia in, in a little bit. But as we know, there's a lot of political um, elements to this deal. You're not <laughs> you're not unfamiliar with that. Uh, we're all you know, we all live in that world. Right. Um, whether I want to or not. Um what if politics, however that gets done, gets in the way here? What, what's how does Monumental deal with that? And 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 what option? And I know you want to think positively and we all want to think positively, but you have to think realistically as well. 
So I, I would tell you, our, first and foremost, for us, this is an expansion opportunity. That's the way we're looking at this new campus in Northern Virginia. Uh, you know, I think it is 100% focused on the core of the people that support us, our, our fans, and, and making sure that in time we always provide the most incredible experience for them. So first and foremost, that takes, you know, all of our vision and future thinking from that standpoint. I mean, you know, certainly uh, relationships are important for us. You know, I, I think having great relationships with all the jurisdictions is really, really important. You know, uh, I, I know there's probably a lot of hesitation right now. And, you know, I think that's one of the things about, you know, sports that's unique and different about many other businesses is the passion of what people have about it. So, you know, I, I know it's been a, a trying week in the overall DMV. And, you know what, I, I think we're very empathetic from that standpoint. That's why I think, you know, when you take a look at where we are at Capital One Arena, it, it really has been a tremendous venue and it's been a tremendous venue for 26 years. You know, we have future goals for this building. I mean, you know, we believe in the growth of women's sports and potentially the opportunity for the Mystics to play in a 10,000 seat arena. We believe there's more concert content inventory out there. You know, we think we can bring in more NCAA championships. And then, you know, I think we have one of the best convention centers in the country, only a couple blocks away. And when you uh, book really big convention events, it happens multiple years in advance. And knowing that we have the flexibility, you know, now with, with dates and being open to have them come to Capital One Arena, we think that's a unique opportunity for the district. So, you know, for us, it really was about expansion you know, with all the different properties that we could potentially build in, in, in Northern Virginia. So I, I think that made it really, really exciting for us. Jim, I, I think, uh, you know, maybe my initial reaction, I think most people's initial reaction was, oh, you know, what's going to happen with Capital One Arena? Uh, there, you know, nothing's going to be there, but you just outlined some of it. But did I hear you right? And, and this was one of my questions that I wanted to, I guess, ask is, um, you, I believe you said 10,000 seat arena and maybe p potentially the mystics there, that would obviously require a major renovation project. Is that currently the line of thinking that if, and when this deal in Alexandria goes through and the capitals and wizards move over to the new arena, that there will be some sort of construction period and capital one arena, as we know, it will be essentially shrunk. Yeah, no, I, I think what I mean is the ability to flex between ten and 20,000. So, oh, you know, okay. we've actually put a lot of money into this building and, you know, we really always continue to renovate it. So, I mean, having a great experience here is going to be critical for us, especially when we want to manage possibly two facilities in the greater Washington region from that end. And we want, want this to be a big draw for, you know, all types of events and programs, whether it's community programs, whether it's concerts, whether it's, you know, NCAA championships, it could be events that we do in combination you know, with the convention center, it could be moving the mystics over here and giving flexibility. I mean, the growth of women's sports, you know, right now in our, our, our country is amazing. And also even globally, when you look at it, I mean, between the WNBA and the NWSL, there's, there's a huge momentum drive. And, you know, we think uh, the, the sport is going to continue to grow. And yes, I, I think hopefully 10 and 20,000 is what our ambitions are. Um, and one more, I, I guess, perhaps about Capital One Arena, you know, again, Ted has been open about this in the past. And, you know, $36 million is the reported figure that you guys pay for the land. And and then there's build, building operational costs and all, all that stuff. And, and the, the numbers exactly aren't that important. But I guess my question would be is if this plan goes to fruition and if you guys keep both venues running and open and, and doing the different things that you're talking about planning, can that work under the current situation in terms of the current agreement lease, or does that have to be completely renegotiated with the city? 
Yeah, I, I, I think we believe the, the current economic uh, you know situation really can sustain itself. I mean, you know, we will certainly have great partnerships, you know, with the city as this kind of you know process uh, evolves from that standpoint. But we we do think there is a marketplace. I mean, you know, I, I think one of the things that's really you know unique about our, our current situation with One Arena when you take a look at you know, the Capitals and the Wizards, I mean, it could be upwards of 100 events a year that we actually have at the building here. The flexibility right. of opening those dates, Chris, allows us to bring in events that, you know, had a specific timeline of when they needed to perform right. and couldn't move and allows us to have another opportunity to bring that in. So we do believe the economics are, are there to, to have a, a sustainable and really great operational business. So, you know, I think we're pretty bullish on the concept. Yeah, I've seen some of it back, you know, in the day when I used to work, you know, for you guys directly as, you know, writing and 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 for the website. I mean, I would see little things go on during the day when I would have to come into the arena when the arena was not hosting a big sports event that you guys can as you have illustrated not only with me, but, but, you know, others, Grant, Danny, what have you, you guys can expand and do different things that most common sports fans. And I know myself initially weren't thinking about, so that's, well, you know what? And I think you have to look at our market. I mean, our, our, our drawing power is, is about mm -hmm. eight people. It's north of Baltimore, south of Richmond. And, you know, if you look at comparable big cities like us, metropolitan areas, right. New York, LA, Chicago, they have multiple 17,000 plus seat arenas. So we think there's a model there. Uh, in DC. And, you know, everyone wants to play this market, you know, so having more flexibility to bring in those events, you know, we think it's a big responsibility of ours. And, you know, I think this uh, plan that we have and, and process that we're looking at gives us that flexibility. So we're not missing on any events. And, and most of those events should be playing in the greater Washington area. Jim Van Stone, nice enough to join us. Monumental Sports and Entertainment President of Business Operations and uh, Ch uh, Chief Commercial Officer as well on, on the BetQL guest hotline here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. So I have the benefit, obviously, that, you know, with a couple of days here in the rear, seeing some of the reaction, thinking, OK, am I missing something here? And, and again, I've been. Um, I mean, I'm not going to hide and it's not just because you're here. I mean, I've been saying this on, on, on social media, on the radio that I'm in, in support of this project, but as you know, there are many that are not, um, one specifically DC city councilman, Charles Allen said yesterday, you guys are making the wrong move and a mistake. And he hopes that you'll come back. How much concern worry is there when you take on a project of this magnitude and all the pluses and all the benefits and all the vision and all the dreams and the legacy and all of that, all the good things, but that maybe there are some unintended bad things that you're going to have to deal with and maybe absorb. We take all of it seriously, 100%. I mean, you know, customer service and engagement is really the ethos of who we are as an organization. I mean, we want to be engaged with our uh, customers. We want to be very community centric. We want to be focused on, on that end. So, you know, this project, we will be at Capital One Arena for, for the next five years. I mean, this is a couple of years out. So we have a runway for us really to hopefully educate and inspire and, and work, you know, with, with our customers and our fans and everything to educate them about what this new project could be, be and, and what we could do here at Capital One Arena. So I think we're very empathetic to uh, the feedback out there. and you know what, uh, you know, we, we have a responsibility, we believe, to make sure that this whole transitional process, if it comes to fruition, is done in the most effective format. So, you know, we take everyone's feedback really seriously. And, you know, I, I think that will help us kind of guide where we go in the future. You know, it, it's a land of outlandish um, attacks sometimes in, in my industry. And that's not a good thing. 
I mean, I try and be as responsible as I can with what I say about things and people because I realize the value of words. When I see uh, Tony Kornheiser on ESPN's PTI say it was villainous, uh, Michael Wilbon saying it was traitorous, uh, Clinton Yates on ESPN around the horn saying it's despicable and talking about, you know, Ted and the move and monumental and all that stuff. I, I, I know you have to block some of that out, but are sure. you worried that those words, those, if you will, attacks, those opinions will color and shape the common man's perspective in the DMV, your customer base that might not be thinking the way that you and Ted and Monumental and, and maybe even some of us in the media are thinking? You know, we, we, we don't. Uh, you know what? We, we think, uh, you know, we have a job and a responsibility to, to really engage with our customers. I mean, you know, people in the moment, you know, share, share their thoughts and everything from that standpoint. You know, this is several years out. So I do think we have, you know, the ability to, to really tell what the story is moving forward. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that was really important for us, you know, it goes back to the media network is when we acquired it is, you know, if you look at a live sporting event, it's basically a two to three hour window a day. Now we have a platform really to tell all the great things about this greater Washington area, you know, about our teams, our players, the work they do in the community and stuff like that. So, you know, we will build our, our kind of roadmap to, to what that transition will be in time and stuff like that. You know, I we appreciate everyone's opinions. Do we agree? No. I mean, I, I think that's you know, the, the, the wonderful world that we're in from that standpoint. But we've got some work to do on our end and, you know, we will approach it. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes some of this stuff is, is really in the moment. People are mad because, you know, they look and they say, well, they're deserting. They're abandoning um, Chinatown and Gallery Place and Penn Quarter. I mean, you're really not. If, I mean, I know a hundred dates, roughly caps wizards is hard to replace, but what you're saying ultimately is the other events that you can now do again, assuming that this project in Alexandria goes through shovel in the dirt gets built, what have you is really kind of the offset. Um, and, and you can instead maybe build and, and grow two communities, right. And, and still help out the people and the legacy that has been built by, you know, a Poland and then fostered by Ted and, and monumental over, like you said, 25 plus years in Chinatown and gallery place. Right. Yeah. I, I think this gives us an incredible platform to really diversify the, the events and programs we do, Chris. I mean, you know, the other piece is uh, th this new complex or campus is literally four and a half miles away from yeah. capital. So, you know, it's a mile and a half away from the uh, the border of the district from that standpoint. So we're not leaving this community. I mean, we think there's a, a richness of an opportunity for us to bring in more events than, than we currently do and, and really diversify what that offering is. I will give you a, you know, kind of a great example. This year alone, the music business is booming. We're going to do all, upwards of almost 60 concerts this year. About a dozen of those are in this uh, Latin Hispanic marketplace. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really, it, it's opened up a, a great opportunity. So I think we have a responsibility to look at what those next opportunities are and, and really do what's great about this region. And that's the diversity of this region, which we all love. You know, I mean, it is the most important marketplace, not only in this country, but also globally. So, you know, I, I think having two venues like this really just opens up, you know, uh, an, an incredible roadmap of new things that we could do. So I, I think that's what we're going to look at. And you know what? We will do a lot of great sporting events here at Capital One Arena. We're not a, we're not leaving that at all. I right. mean, it just allows us to do some new things. I mean, you know, a couple uh, 
probably in 07, I think, 08, we did the uh, NCAA Frozen Four at Capital mm-hmm. One Arena. It was an unbelievable event, but we haven't had the ability to host that again, you know, because of, you know, the Caps and the Wizards schedule. So, you know, looking at diverse programs that we can bring back into this community, we think is fantastic. And doing more NCAA basketball, we love it. You know, and, and people think, well, you know, like the 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 area might not be able to support that. I, I don't believe that for one second. I mean, I look at, you know, in my home area of Long Island and New York City. I mean, you have Madison Square Garden, which is, you know, of course, Madison Square Garden. But you have uh, a rebuilt Nassau Coliseum. You have Barclays Center. And now you have UBS Arena all in the same general region. So you can you know, do different things, like you've said, not only concerts, sporting events, what have you, WWE, for example, you could have WWE one night at Capital One Arena and one night at the new arena uh, in Alexandria. So you could do different things, uh, no no doubt about it. We're, we're, we're blocks away from the mall. We're right. around some of the most iconic real estate and, and monuments, you know, in our country. I mean, right. there is plenty of opportunities and, and this community, you know, is so important to us that we, we, we know 100% that we can maximize sure. the amount programming events we can do. Let me ask you this, uh, proponents of the deal, you know, again, I'm not going to hide from it. I, I've said, uh, you know, I'm in favor of it. Uh, say, well, well, you know, the, the traffic on Route 1, uh, you know, it's going to be a disaster. I don't think it's going to be any worse than getting to Chinatown. That's me. I could be wrong. I'm not a traffic expert. But I say, you know, just take the Metro, right? I mean, that's a very feasible, people have been taking the Metro for years and years and years to get to wherever they need to go. I understand there's issues. However, there is all sorts of now reports in the last couple of days that Metro might have to shut down the new station, that Metro might be is, is certainly facing a financial shortage and might have to cut back service. Because that's such a big part of, of, of transporting fans and customers to the new campus, yeah. how involved will Monumental be in terms of, A, helping out WMATA and, and that situation, will also, B, have to... I guess maybe float it in some ways because quite honestly, it makes business sense for you guys to have a strong transportation, mass transit transportation system to get to the new site. You know, I, I think one of the conversations that we've had over the last you know year or so, especially with, you know, the Commonwealth and the city is really the infrastructure and the transportation piece. And, you know, I know there is a big commitment. It was important for us. We want to make this process as seamless as we can for you know, our customers are coming down to Potomac Yard. So I know, I know there's a joint, you know, partnership on that end. I, I think we have several years to really build that out to make it, you know, uh, efficient. And, you know, we do see, you know, uh, Metro being a, a huge access point to actually get to the sports and entertainment uh, campus down there. So we're going to work together with both the city and the state uh, on that process. But we all share the same vision that that needs to be a necessity. And, you know, the other piece of that is, you know, we've got to be a, a really solid neighbor to the people that live in that Alexandria and Delray community. And, you know, I, I think we plan on, on being really, really active from that standpoint. But yes, I mean, those are things that we're going to have to focus on, you know, over the next five years is, you know, the whole campus really comes to life. Jim, in, in the end, um, you know, people are going to say, well, you guys turned your back on Washington, D.C., the Caps, Wizards, staple, you know, partners, pillars of the community. I, I know, Again, that Capital One Arena, it, the plan is to keep it running and operative and all the things that you've told us. But I, I guess when I look at this, I, I say, you know, A, you're not moving, like you said, very far. Uh, the distance is is not very far. It's easily still accessible via Metro. Ultimately, how do you think this will shape both 
the 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 view of those two franchises and ultimately Ted Leonsis's legacy. You know, uh, I, I think it's going to enhance. I, I think, you know, it is going to build new opportunities and new experiences. You know, we're in the memories business, and that's near and dear to Ted's heart. I mean, he wants to create memories for fans and create fans for life. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we think this new opportunity and, and the diversity of the offerings that we can now provide to our customers allows us to do this at a much higher level in the future and everything from that standpoint. So, you know, I, I Ted is gone uh, to college in this marketplace. He's raised his family in this marketplace, started businesses, does so many incredible philanthropic opportunities, DC cap with college scholarships uh, for, for, for kids that live in the DC area. You know, it's really important to him. And, you know, I think what this affords us is a new opportunity to create more memories and, mm-hmm. you know, have memories available for, you know, a much, you know, larger audience and stuff like that. And that's the way we look at it. I mean, you know, DC is our home and, you know, the greater Washington region is our home and we proudly represent it. And, you know, I think we're going to do really some big things. I think the one thing that's really unique about, and this is probably Chris to a degree where we get maybe more feedback than some of the other sports is that, you know, we are basically, you know, from Baltimore to, to Richmond, we own the basketball platform and the hockey platform. This is one of the best basketball markets in the country in the DMV on the hockey side of our business. You know, D.C. has been the second or third fastest growing youth hockey market in the country. You know, that's a huge opportunity for us. And, you know, I think that's what makes it different. And maybe that's why we're getting some of this, you know, initial feedback that, you know, like I said, I I think we acknowledge on on that front. And and one last thing for you, Jim, and I appreciate your time so much. I I know I've kept you too long, but I appreciate it. Um, So I want to make sure I'm asking this generically, but specifically as well. People are always worried about public money funding billionaire owners. I, I don't, I'm not personally worried about that, but whatever. That's the perception. Is it my understanding, based on what I've read in, in other reportings, that, that really a large part of this is privately funded, is not necessarily coming out of the taxpayers of the Commonwealth of Virginia and or the city of Alexandria? Is that basically how we should understand it? It's a public-private uh, partnership. Uh, the revenues to, to develop the project are going to be based on the revenues that the campus uh, generates from that standpoint. So, yes, I mean, no taxpayer money. It's all based on uh, revenue bonds. And, you know, I, I think that's a, a unique opportunity in the, the partnership that we did together. We have a big commitment over there from a monumental standpoint. Uh, you know, so I, I think this is really a win-win for all, you know, and I, I think it's actually worked out well. Jim, thank you so very much for uh, doing this and for spending the time with us to educate our audience. I know, uh, you know, you've been a busy guy, so I appreciate you making some time for us. And we wanted to, you know, have you on a couple of days after this so that we could allow things to kind of settle and think about different things, uh, certainly that have uh, developed in this project over the last 48 hours. But I appreciate you very much. Uh, It's great to talk to you again. And uh, best of luck, obviously, moving forward. And I'm sure we'll be in touch. Hey, Chris, I appreciate it. Love your show and keep up the great work. All right, that is Monumental Sports and Entertainment President of Business Operations, Jim Van Stone. Appreciate his time. Obviously, went a little bit long there. We couldn't ask everything. There's things that I wish I could have asked. We'll get him back on again. Uh, Hopefully, we'll have others on. But I wanted to to have it settle first before we had him on because – we wouldn't have known on Wednesday certain things that we know now. So the timing 
kind of working the way it is, allowed us to address certain things that we didn't know about on Wednesday, which I thought, you know, was interesting. One thing that, again, was kind of interesting that was is still unclear, and and I doubled down with it about the 10,000 to 20,000 in terms of capacity. I'm still not sure, and maybe they're not as well, how exactly Capital One Arena is going to look beyond 2028, assuming that this all goes down. Whether it's going to be shrunk, whether it's going to stay at its current capacity, whether it's going to be, uh, shrunk is the wrong word, more remodeled, made more intimate. Because that would make more sense to me, but who am I? But that's something that we certainly addressed uh, in that. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Please make sure you um, share it. Download it, subscribe, whatever. Uh, check it out at thefandc.com. Not thefandc.com. Uh, at theteam980.com. Theteam980.com and on the Odyssey app. My brain is absolutely mush. Uh, I don't, I, I, I'm going to just tell you that. Just going to tell you. It's been a long last couple of years, decades, and months and days and weeks. All right, coming up next, all the football talk you can handle over the next hour and a half. That's right. We're going to the NFL. Sam Howell, a guest of RG3. We'll touch on that and what to expect this Sunday at SoFi, plus Brandon Staley, Tom Telesco, fired with the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, And does that put even more impetus on Josh Harris to do something? We'll discuss... With you at 301-230-0980 on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, so as we mentioned, the Chargers after last night's disaster in Las Vegas against the Raiders on Thursday night football do what was largely expected. Firing head coach Brandon Staley, general manager Tom Telesco. Giff Smith is the new Interim head coach, he's been the team's outside linebackers coach. How about that? If you had that in the office pool, I don't know what odds you would have gotten at. JoJo Wooden, who uh, it was mentioned for the commander's GM post a couple of years ago, will step into the interim GM role uh, on, again, an interim basis. Brandon Staley is out after a 24-24 and record following Thursday night football, and of course the one disastrous playoff berth in which they blew a 27-point lead to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Meanwhile, the Wizards are back home tonight. Yes, they are. After a disastrous performance (laughs) against the non-Zion Williamson-led New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday night at Capital One Arena. Tonight, they're back at C1A against Tyrese Halliburton and the Indiana Pacers, who, of course, made it to the final of the NBA play-in tournament. And we will see what they can do against the high-flying 13-9 and Pacers. Wiz still at 3-20. and You can hear it here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app with pregame coverage at 645. And that's what's trending. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. It is a football Friday, and we haven't done a lot of football, so let's change that narrative right here, right now. On the Team 980, it is driven by your local Honda dealer. Experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer. If you want to still weigh in on the arena whole thing, conversation, Jim Van Stone, all that, more than fine. Uh, But let's turn the page uh, here right now. Because I know that most people, rightfully, correctly, do not care about the Commander's-Rams game compared to a normal regular season game in the middle of December. And I'm sorry if that offends people in Ashburn. I'm sorry if that offends players or if that offends Ron Rivera or anyone associated with the organization. That is just the reality. Your horrible play, not not bad, not your horrible play, your horrible play has earned this. Okay. That being said, there is still a football game to be played. We can touch on that as we sort of did earlier to begin the show, but we will get in more detail, but not do what we normally do. Just can't. There's no market for it. I'm sorry. There's no market for it. But there is a market for this. This is much more important than anything that will happen at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. And that is Commander's quarterback Sam Howell, who has, before this, praised Eric Bieniemy, talked about Eric Bieniemy in very nice terms, you know, said they're growing together. Um, I think two weeks ago he said, you know, uh, he appreciates that he respects him to come to him and say, hey, what do you like? What do you feel comfortable with? They work together. They shape things. Uh, He calls things. Um, he threw him into the fire. I didn't love that, but apparently Sam did not mind that. All the different things surrounding. Sam Howell, but again, what you say on the record could be different than what you say off the record. 
and behind the scenes. Now, I don't sense that Sam Howell is that type of guy. I don't sense that he's a say one thing to the camera, say another thing, and not use your name. So I didn't think Sam Howell was the guy that, or was a guy that was bad-mouthing EB behind the scenes. A, first to Rivera in August. B, to some degree, to John Kime first, right after the Dallas game. Grant Paulson, right after that initial mention by Kime. I never really heard of Grant Paulson. <laughs> it's just too good. Oh, you're too much. And then to Jeremy Fowler and John Kime as part of a bigger quote-unquote expose, if you will, where there were unnamed coaches, un, or at least one unnamed coach, and unnamed players, several, that were bitching and kvetching about you know days off and time off and how he respects our time, blah, 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 blah. I didn't think, this is me, that that was Sam Howell. I've told you who I think it is. Fair or unfair, I, you know, I think it's guys, and it was mentioned, guys with families. So, I mean, you start to think of the Charles Leno's of the world, the Logan Thomas's of the world, uh, guys of that nature. I don't know who else has got families, but, you know, uh, I know those two do. Okay? Again, maybe unfair, but that's just the reality that we live in. Okay? If people are going to talk... And people are going to chirp and not use their names. That's going to lead to guessing and speculation. Diami Brown and, you know, what have you. That being said, I never thought for one second it was Sam Howell. You know why? Because Sam Howell has never struck me. I'm a pretty good reader of people. Sam Howell has never struck me as somebody who doesn't want to work. Who doesn't want to work like a gym rat, like a film rat. What have you. Sam Howell has never struck me as most NFL players are. Which is 8 to 4. 8 to 4.30. Boom. Out of there. Play video games as soon as you can. Take a nap as soon as you can. Sam Howell has never struck me as that. So I didn't think it was him. This clip from RG3's podcast. One former Washington quarterback to another or one current Washington quarterback to a former Washington quarterback and somebody who allegedly was in on the ownership pursuit. <laughs> I mean, whatever happened to that? I mean, is there anybody that talks more that talks more useless stuff than RG3? I mean, and then he's just disappears. Per- successfully pursued a Washington uh, podcast. That's yeah. a yeah. I mean, he almost wrote a book too. Oh yeah. Un- until he was paid off. Until he was paid off. Uh <clears throat> but anyway, this is Sam Howell on Robert Griffin III's podcast about the whole Eric Bieniemy situation. And listen to Robert be all saintly. I I don't do sources. I don't do, I I put my name behind everything. <clears throat> sure. Sure, Robert. I remember. I remember. But anyway, listen to this. Eric Bieniemy a head coach. For sure. 
Yeah, and I think Eric Bieno would be a great head coach. Um, obviously, you know, I've been, I've enjoyed working with him as a play caller and as an offensive coordinator, but I just think this his ability to lead, um, his ability to relate to guys, and his ability to get the best out of his players is what truly separates him as a coach. Um, but, you know, he'll get his opportunity at some point. I'm right. um, not sure when. might be next year somewhere. might be might be in, in 10 years. But whenever he gets his opportunity, he'll definitely show people why he should be a head coach for sure. But I'm definitely, definitely a big fan of his. Now, Sam, I'm not a I, I'm not a rumor guy. I, I'm not a sources guy. I absolutely hate that. I think if you're going to say something, you should put your name behind it. <laughs> but there was some some stuff out there saying that the enemy was was too tough or too hard on the guys and some guys didn't like it. Um you talk about that intensity that he brings. First of all, was there any truth to any of that, at least from what you could feel from the locker room? Honestly, when all when all that stuff was, you know, being said, I, we most of us were just confused. Exactly. Uh, we had no idea what what it's what, what they're talking about. You know, we're I was asking the some of the reporters, like, what are y'all talking about? Like, where are y'all getting this from? And thank you. And no one had an answer. Um, but you know it is what it is. You know, you can't you can't control everything that's out there in the media. Um, but you know, we know in the building, you know, the type of guy that E B is and just how much respect he has in the building. And, you know, I think us us players, especially in this locker room, we we wanna be coached hard and we wanna be we want to play for someone that really wants our best um, and someone that's willing to go the extra steps to, you know, try to get our best. Um, and that, that's the type of guy we want, we want to play for, and that's the type of guy that Eric Bieniemy is. Now listen to what Sam Howell just said. Now you couldn't, in your mind, say that Sam Howell might be fibbing there, might be misrepresenting, might not be totally representing the locker room. And he said, most of us were befuddled, confused. We're asking the reporters. And I know how that works. I mean, I've been part of that stuff before where a big report comes out and the players actually come up to you and be like, is this really happening? I mean, I've had it happen to me. I've had it happen to me. So I can absolutely see Sam Howell going up to a John Kime or Nikki Javala or whoever and being like, Yo, what is this about? I wasn't aware of this. But you hear Sam Howell say most of us were... Now, is it possible he's not representing every single player in that locker room, every single player on offense? Yeah, it's possible. So we shouldn't say that this was a totally made-up thing. We should not say... That this doesn't matter. However, what we should say is, from the quarterback, the most important piece of them all, and seemingly on behalf of some, most, a good deal, a good chunk of the locker room and the offense, Sam Howell is saying, it is not a problem. Sam Howell is saying, we want to be coached hard. Sam Howell is saying, hey, you know what? EB treats us fair. Hard, working, demanding, tough, accountable, but he does it. We can do it. We want to get better if we want to win games. Let me just tell you something. I don't know if Sam Howell just totally erased the problem. I don't think he did. I think the problem still is there. I think it exists, but he's either not aware or covering or what have you. I think there are genuinely players that were upset. Remember, 
what started this. While Robert's glad-handing there and saying, oh, thank you, thank you, I don't do sources. Remember, the head coach who cannot stop talking, okay, offered this on his own in late August. Not this time on the record. Offered this on his own in late August. This was not a media witch hunt. This was not a media thing to get EB. Just because Sam Howell said they were confused and befuddled doesn't mean it did not happen, doesn't mean it was made up, doesn't mean the issue is not there. But what, if we take his words, and I think Sam Howell is about as authentic as as you can ask for, if we take his words, it would indicate that it's not a big problem. It would indicate that it's not a big problem. And more so... Also, it would tell us one other thing, and I'll tell you that when we return. 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. How I interpret Sam Howell's words on RG3's podcast about Eric Bieniemy next on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, so as we were just talking about... I think it's a good thing that Sam Howell came out and said, hey, I I didn't know anything about this. I, I asked some of the members of the media. I should caution you to again say that just because Sam Howell apparently is unaware of it doesn't mean it did not happen. Again, the head coach in August said it happened. He was the one that told everybody. Now, I understand it's now December and other reporting started after Thanksgiving. But people, what did you expect? We talked about this again in late August. If the season went sour, if it went off the tracks, people were going to start bitching and people were going to start asking. Listen, John Kime is the best reporter I've ever known. Period. John doesn't make stuff up. Period. I'll trust John over Anybody in that building, over anyone in that building, including Sam Howell. No offense. As far as the enemy goes, what I'm happy about is because RG3 has a little bit of a national platform because of his ESPN work, what have you, because it was on video and audio, I hope that people that have an open mind about EB, I hope they will look at that and say, well, look, can't tell for sure. But here's his quarterback basically saying, it's Bubkus. And I like to play for him. And I like what he's done. And he's helped me develop. And if he can do that, as Sam mentioned, he can be a head coach, whether it's this offseason a year from now or 10 years from now. And I think that right there, the the backing of his quarterback, even though he's a young quarterback and he's not, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the backing of his quarterback is really important and was much needed for Eric Bieniemy. Your call is coming up on this and more. 
Football Friday on the Team 980, driven by your local Honda dealer. Experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer. That's next on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 